You've been there. There's that person in your life you want to invite to church, but church isn't really their thing. They don't feel comfortable there. They don't know the routine of church, and maybe their hang-up really isn't even about Jesus, but they just don't feel up to darkening the doors of the church. Maybe they don't feel like they fit the mold, or maybe you're just not sure how to reach them at all. Now, picture this, inviting your friend to come work out, exercise with you. Easy, right? Exactly. You may not have ever put a fitness facility together with the church, but Chad Kirkoff did it, and it's working. He's the co-founder of a fitness franchise called Snap. But as a successful entrepreneur with a heart for ministry, God planted in him a desire to combine the two. That's how Redo Fitness came about. This is Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. I'm Rachel Legute, and thanks for joining us for Action in Ministry, where we seek out those who are reaching the unchurched, the lost, the hurting who live among us. It's about doing the word, not just hearing it. It definitely won't always be the case that we're talking to pastors, but today, meet Pastor Chad Kirkhoff. While he's an LCMS pastor doing all the things pastors do, he's also doing church in a way that is absolutely different. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we're so excited to have you here joining us. And um, Chad, you're actually joining us on location at Fitness Church today. And so um, I feel like we're kind of right there with you, getting to hear the sounds of the weights and um, the hubbub around you. So thanks for taking a little time out to join us. I appreciate you letting me do it um, because my days are filled. Well, what you're doing is not a typical route of ministry. I've heard of churches and coffee shops and movie theaters, but a gym? This is definitely a first for me. Whatever compelled you to put these two together? Historically, since uh, a young a young entrepreneur, I was always doing it. When I was ordained as a pastor, it it was a part of me still. It never really walked away from me, the idea of conditioning and strengthening and making uh, your bodies uh, healthier, stronger, so it could be more mobile uh, in later in life. That was just something that's always uh, was instilled in me, probably even since, you know, from my mom when I was a kid, you know, eat right, think right keep, you know, conditioned so you, you can stay healthy and not needing to maybe go to see the doctor as much. So it just made really good sense for me to continue this. That's really amazing. Can you give us a glimpse of what that maybe looks like? How does a fitness center become a fitness church and why the name Redo? The means of fitness is a universal language. It speaks to every single culture and it does not care uh, if you're what gender you are either. Uh, so the the means of fitness um, crosses all those party lines. So it doesn't matter what what comes through the door. Uh, when you when you get on one of our uh, unbelievable cool treadmills, they go up to a thirty percent incline. They just are so cool. Um, it only knows if you're not doing it. You know, so if you don't work out or you don't condition, your body gets deconditioned. So there's a synergy in the faith. It's, you know, it's the same thing. You know, Christ uh, grace to all people every uh, at any time. Um, that's given, um, unless, of course, you, you deny it. 
and then, of course, your faith gets deconditioned. So it's an outward expression of our faith. So when people come in, it doesn't matter how old they are, really. Um, i got little ones, and i got older ones, and um, it, it's going to be good for them, regardless if they accept the faith of Christ immediately. Um, it, that might take a while where they actually are believing in their faith. So in the meantime, I know who's blessing their bodies, and so do you. Um, it's the Almighty. He's strengthening their bodies. Their, the, uh, the blood's pumping through their veins. Their hearts are getting stronger. Their physicalness is getting stronger. They're building these real relationships. So those are lots of benefits um, typical to what people you see in the world. They're, you know, they're, they're taking advantage of God's good grace. They may not understand who's giving it to them. So that's where the ministry really comes in for me is to explain you know, over time how it is that they are getting blessed and who it is that's doing that. Well, that treadmill sounds killer, and so does the combination of those two things. And I'm just wondering practically and logistically, how do you combine the the fitness aspects and that discipleship piece that you're talking about? What does that look like logistically? All right. So you come in. Um, I don't know your background, uh, but I'll let you know this is uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. Um, you know, that's what you're coming into. This is a church. Are you all right with that? And like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm not maybe a church goer, but yeah, this is. I want to be a part of it because this is where everyone's coming. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll go through, um, basically, uh, creedal. So when I'm giving a tour, um, I'll be explaining just kind of a little bit what I just did with you, with them. So that it, it's making sense. You know, why are you giving the best of the best uh, of this equipment? Well, you see, God gave me the best in His Son, Jesus Christ. He didn't give seconds. Um, he didn't ask me to give him a contract to sign up for it or pay for His Son and all this other stuff. He simply gave me the best. Uh, and if I were to do anything less than that for you, um, it would not be a true representation of the faith that I preach and teach. So, like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, well, that's biblically sound, isn't it? And I'm like, well, there might be something to this. So we sit down, and then we you, you talk about our logo, the Redo brand. Uh, you'll see the red swirl across the top. I explained it. So it took about six years with pastor, uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate pastors, people like Phil, like you mentioned, helping out understanding that the meta-narrative of all scriptures should be punched down into what our logo is. So the red represents the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross some 2,000 years ago. Uh, for those who believe and confess Jesus did that for them, and they profess that He is the Messiah, their Savior, their sins are forgiven. Those who do not, their sins aren't. For those who do profess Jesus Christ as their Savior, He'll bring you into His kingdom. Okay, that's heaven, that's the gold. The black drop, that's the back, that's the majority of our, of our logo. That's the sin of the world. Um, we're born into that. Um, but the good news, the white lettering, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we put the letters in white. Um, you haven't blown it. You haven't made that many mistakes or too bad of mistakes that you don't get forgiveness. That's the redo. And that's constantly being done every single day. There's about 800 people now that are actually carrying around that meta narrative on their keychains and explaining it to others, so it's it's growing the the gospel. It's it's going through all all different cultures and all different communities. And the miracles that we're seeing, it's um, you know, it's way more than I ever thought would would happen in a small four thousand five hundred square foot facility that we use to to do this. What I hear is a lot of intentionality from the moment that people walk in the doors. They're hearing the message that, you, that you're wanting them to hear, and everything seems so intentional from your logo to the key tags and everything. Do you seem to be reaching a different niche of people with this, or is it a case of 
church people finding a new way of doing church? You name it, from Hell's Angels, people that absolutely worship Satan, coming in here, sitting down, and no longer doing that lifestyle, that, that crew. Um, then uh, the different cultures, uh, either uh, Chinese, my Buddhists, uh, uh, that come here, um, they're, not, they're not accepting our faith yet, but they're coming because they love the idea of the safetyness of being who they are in the midst of Christians who love them and are patient with them. You name the age or the group, and I can tell you a story about them here. They're all here, young millennials, young college kids that come on Monday night to, to do what's called our Heads Up. Heads Up group is a really kind of a, a, a neat conversational piece to kind of get your brain to think. Um, I put it down, um, uh, you know, we have a nice big table here in the center of the, the facility. When I was a kid, um, uh, I remember my, my parents talking to my grandparents over the kitchen table about bills or about you name the problem, but they always seem to be able to work it out at the table. So I figured we'd try that concept here with a philosophical maybe question, like, is there evil in the world? And then we discuss it. Well, it's been going on for about a year and a half, and that group probably uh, grows bigger than my congregational on Sunday morning because we have about 18, 18 to 20 or so people that meet every Monday night uh, from high schoolers to uh, grandpas and grandmas, mostly uh, university students from the University of Minnesota come out here, and they debate these discussions. There are so many people who are um, trying to reach into that millennial group these days. And I read an article about why churches are not reaching the millennials. And the very first reason they gave is that um, some churches are unwilling to change, unwilling to move forward because they feel bound by tradition that can't change. How are people responding to this fitness church that's the idea that seems to be so outside of the box? It's taken off extremely. I've got people who are shooting videos, these young, these young kids, they shoot videos and, they, and, they, and they're showing their friends and their friends are going, uh, my friends told me to come here. Um, you know, my dad told me to come here. My, 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 my wife told me I have to come here and see you. Just had a, uh, an older guy, he's about 70 years old, just contemplating suicide. And his wife got worried about it. He said, you got to come see, you got to come down here. And they bring him in. And all, as far as how I respond to, to the flow is simply give them the best, the best theological understanding of our faith, you know, give them the best of the equipment, strengthen their body, be that, that whoever they need me to be, their friend or their, or their, or their pastor, whoever they want at that moment, and then not stop from that without any agendas, without any condemnation, just deliver on what the Almighty told us to do as His disciples. And they respond like you would imagine, healing, restoration, re- reconnecting to the Almighty, through His Son, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who's working in and amongst these, these different generations and different kind of cultures, and he, it's working. I'm not really—all I'm doing is basically keeping the, uh, everything working and staying out of the way. There are so many people who are looking for churches that are focusing, that they're outsider-focused, and they're reaching out into their community, and that they're meeting the real needs of people outside the walls of their church. And this really seems like that this is what Redo is all about. Yeah, you know, it's intentional discipling, but I'm not sitting down with these young young kids, or these, you know, 16-somethings or these 20-somethings or even the older folks, and telling them, now, you got to go out and you got to go get three of your friends, or you got to go out and tell two of your friends, or you got to go... None of that happens. They simply bring them. They bring threes and fours and twos, and, and I'm, like, this morning when I sat down with Fernando, uh, who is... You know, he's a neat guy. He's starting here. He, 
he brought in three people. They sat down, and I said, "Now this this is discipling, because you know Fernando brings me you know a culture that I could not speak that language even, and I'm being able to witness faith to these folks, and they'll do the same. Yeah. It's, it's it's neat. You said you have about 800 members now. That's not a very small yeah. number. With that many people who are who are gathering together to focus on physical and spiritual, um, holistic health type things, I'm sure you've seen some amazing examples of people being transformed. Do you have a story, a good transformation story you could share with us? Yeah, um, a lady um, from Los Angeles. She uh, recently had to move back uh, from here because her her older brother, these uh, ladies, about 56 years old, her brother's 47. Um, he was mugged. He was beaten so bad he had brain brain damage, and she couldn't take care of him anymore where they were living. So they had to move back here to Hastings, Minnesota, Red Wing, actually, to take care of um, her brother. The lady was on the treadmill, new faces, so I walked over and introduced myself. And I'm giving her the big tour, telling her about our faith. And she stops me and tells me this whole story about... You know, I came down um, off of a recommendation. This is discipling now, active, intentional, relational, and discipling from Michael, age 15, with this lady from Los Angeles. She goes, I couldn't believe how awesome. When I opened this door, this facility is just beautiful. And I was finally going to go over to a treadmill, take a little bit of a breather, because my brother, we can't find him in an adult care home. It was just tough on me. And she goes, well, you wouldn't believe it. You ever know how you're sitting on an airplane and you got that one that just won't leave you alone, just keeps talking to you, she goes? That's exactly that lady walked over, hopped on the treadmill right now, and every time I was talking to my friend, she wanted to get into our conversation. You ever have that happen? She goes, I was so frustrated. I just wanted to work out. I looked at this young girl. She's 27. She was just wanting my time. So I hit stop on the treadmill, and, and I go, okay, what's your name? She goes, my name's Annie. Annie, what is it that you do? Well, I live in Hastings, and I work in adult daycare. She goes, I only work with adults with brain damage. That lady had a transformational moment. She goes, I, I, I was never a churchgoer before that moment, but here's the thing. She was not only uh, was it impossible to get into that center, but they had one opening. She was so many things that worked out for me. My brother's been going to this Annie in that house and has been getting the top flight care of her lifetime. But had I denied this pestering of God, I would have not received the blessing. Wow, what that's incredible. Bringing people together, right? Yeah, and there that, that right there, that unbelievable story that ripped through the town of Hastings is why people are they may not understand all of it, I mean they not believe it, they may think it's coincidental. But they're coming because of the miracle relationships and those kind of things that are real. Yeah, absolutely. Where do we go? Where do you go from here? What's your vision from here? You're an entrepreneur at heart, and um, I saw a mention of maybe a franchise on your website. Is a franchised church model something you've dreamt about? Well, see, my I cut my teeth in the industry. Now, the the franchise model. Um, not that we can franchise our faith. You can't do that, but it makes sense because it's processes and systems. This particular model, um, we're still kind of working on a little bit of the uh, the bugs. But once we do, we should be able to just go replicate it. So my my goal is five million four hundred seventy five thousand uh, either new new believers in the faith or people that are just coming back into it. 
uh, throughout the United States, about 400 locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, Lutheran Church of Missouri Senate could do it um, because we have a lot of neat churches uh, that really care about people. And if they're thinking like you are, they really want to meet a need, this will do it. Wow, Chad, you and your story are such an inspiration. Thank you for modeling for us the power of Christ when when we follow his lead and use the passion he's given us to do exactly what he's called us to do, to take light into the darkness and to make disciples. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we've been inspired. You can't stop there. The challenge is yours. What is God calling you to do? How might he be leading you to use your passion, your gifts, your personality, your possessions to reach others? We were never told to keep this great news of the gospel to ourselves, but to let the light of Christ shine for all to see. We live in a world in need of the hope that only Christ can give. It's your turn. It's my turn to put action to our ministry. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.